Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We have a saying in the news business, report the story, don't become it. And yet during this difficult year, it's hard to find anyone whose life hasn't been affected in some way by the news, including the unrest that we've seen in recent weeks. On today's show, we hear from Austin Cross, a producer and reporter at our partner station KPCC in Los Angeles. As he explained in an article on the website LAist, it's a challenge to separate yourself from some stories when the ones getting hurt look like you. Here's Austin telling his story, and a warning, this piece describes racist language. I didn't realize I was Black until I was 11. I was a mixed kid. I grew up in Westwood. My dad wore a suit and tie every day. He worked as a volunteer mediator with the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office. That put us in contact with law enforcement and city officials on the highest level. Mayor Richard Reardon once taught me how to shake hands. When I bashfully told him that I hoped to run for president in 2024, he told me I had his vote. When Los Angeles housing costs threatened my father's dream of keeping his family in the safest neighborhood possible, we moved to the Inland Empire. I was in fifth grade. The culture shock was palpable. I hadn't even lived there a year when a classmate felt compelled to inform me that I don't act black. And then came what I now sardonically refer to as my cannot unsee. My dad asked our neighbor's daughter to stop playing in our driveway. I vividly remember what happened next. Her mother told her, matter-of-factly, that she didn't need to listen to my father. We have more rights than them, she said as we listened. My world changed. In public spaces, I became hyper-aware of my blackness. Still, I thought I could assimilate. I bought into Rancho Cucamonga-style conservatism. It's a spoken and unspoken doctrine that sifted my people into two groups, black people and niggers. Yeah, that's verbatim, hard R. People told me that I was in the first group, that I was, quote, not like the others. I'm ashamed to admit it, but adolescent me started to believe it. The coming years would erode that notion. By my early 20s, all of my close friends who looked like me had experienced racism with law enforcement. At least three have looked down the barrel of a gun. I accepted these terrifying moments as a pseudo-rite of passage. My test came in the late thousands in Corvallis, Oregon. A small town that I found oddly like Andy Griffith's Mayberry. The the fly-in-the-milk-glass vibes were strong. I was 21. I had rented bikes while visiting an ex and returned them to the shop. Within minutes of leaving... I noticed several police cars slowly patrolling the city's quaint streets. Hoping to make myself appear to be less of a threat, I smiled at the officers in a passing patrol car. I even gave myself a pep talk. They're not here for you. After a few tense moments, I sensed a squad car pulling up behind me. Hey, big guy. damn it. Excuse me, sir? Okay, fine. Oh, hello, officer. I said, my voice instinctually raised a few octaves to mask my disappointment. We uh, got word that someone saw you taking some bikes and rattling car doors, the officer said. In reality, I had removed bikes from the back of a truck and checked the lock. Clearly, I should have known better than to, you know, live life. I kept my receipt and showed it to the officer. That cleared things up quickly. 
What would have happened if I didn't have that receipt? I often wonder how the situation might have gone. George Floyd ended up dead over a report that he tried to pass a fake $20 bill. I'd hate to know what could happen over a few cheap bikes. The Corvallis encounter confirmed to me that I was not exempt from the plight of my people because I wore collared shirts and spoke well. The last vestiges of that belief were shattered that day. For so long, I wanted, needed, to think that there was something I could do to be safe in the world. There wasn't. There never was, really. I came to KPCC's Take Two show by way of CBS Radio in 2015. I took the lead on segments about race and policing. I'd bring on community organizers, tactical experts, historians, faith leaders, heck, even Martin Luther King Jr.'s speechwriter. I felt that I was living my purpose and bringing healing to the land. I covered unarmed killings. Etched in my mind are names like Walter Scott, Sandra Bland, and Philando Castile. After each incident, I diligently worked with a sense of purpose. Then came George Floyd. I think it broke me. There's so much work to be done, so many conversations to facilitate, and yet, in my heart, I feel what can only be described as hopelessness. Despair might be a close second, anguish a third. There's so much to be done, and yet I feel like I have little left in me. I actually think I believed I could change the world by amplifying the truth. Today, I realize now that my fight for justice and reconciliation, perhaps much like your fight, is but a small battle in a larger war over America's narrative. Victories are far and few. Progress is difficult to measure. And yet, I know that it is only by embracing the truth of how our society was designed that we will ever have the clarity to remake it. Widespread public angst isn't a quirk of the system. It's a result. God, it's so hard to tell your story, America. But I'll keep at it. My determined colleagues will keep at it. At a time when powers, both foreign and domestic, attempt to co-opt the narrative of this day, continue to polish the mirror and hold it to your face. Greek proverb teaches us that a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. And so today, I sit back down and do the most that anybody can do during this time. Try to create something that heals the world, even if true change is something that I may never see. That was Austin Cross with KPCC. You can read his essay on their website, laist.com. And that's the California Report. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors, no sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint, water with a touch of true fruit flavor. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone? 
hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years. Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles. The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!